Welcome to the Smarter MSP Podcast, helping MSPs build better businesses one discussion at a time. Hello, welcome to the third episode of Smarter MSP's podcast. Today, we're your hosts, Ken Bartlett and Sophie Robertson. We have an exciting episode ahead today. We're going to be focusing on a common obstacles for managed service providers as they aim to meet their sales targets on their own websites. Um, this is kind of a, a new area that we don't often explore, but it certainly has a lot of impact when it comes to the way you interact with your customers, setting expectations, and ultimately delivering your services and managing that trust relationship. Um, when set up correctly and maintained, an MSP's website can be a valuable tool in capturing a potential client's interest and helping them learn more about a client's uh, services and the services ultimately that an MSP provides. However, when operated poorly, a managed service provider's website won't generate sales leads for the business, but it will add confusion and turn off customers from participating or partnering with that MSP. Today, we're going to introduce a guest here. Um, I'm excited to have Nate join us. Nate is the CEO of Tech Pro Marketing, where they offer powerful and proven MSP lead generation engines. Um, with tips and tricks on optimization and insights, Nate has been the co-author on Smarter MSP for over three years. He's got dozens of fantastic articles publishing, um, covering MSP's focus challenges and different uh, obstacles. Uh, it, it really resonates, and I, I loved reading through some of these in preparation for the podcast. So, Nate, thank you for joining us in this episode of the Smarter MSP podcast. Thank you for having me, Ken and Sophie. Um, it has been a great experience over the past three years um, working with the Smarter MSP community. We have um, done, we've done articles, we've done uh, webinars, we've got another one that should be actually um, have gone live by the time this is published. And um, the whole community has been, um, you know, really excited. And I think just a good interactive community to work with. So I love the feedback that you guys have been giving me and uh, we're going to keep going with it. And I know that this topic today um, is something that a lot of MSPs are thinking about. So I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, super. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, Nate. It's, uh, it's a real honor to have you on our podcast. So I'm just going to kick off with kind of our first question that we had for you around the ARC. Cool. So you mentioned that the homepage slider is a common place where MSPs make mistakes on their websites. Can you explain what the homepage slider is for any listeners who might be unfamiliar? Some of the common mistakes you see that are made with them and then the negative impact it can have on the website and MSPs businesses overall. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think the area we're talking about, it can be you know, it's referred to as a lot of different things. It's called maybe the the homepage hero area, the homepage headline area. And it's also a place where I've seen like a lot of sliders and a slider is one of these things that you've probably seen on the website. Um, I think they're, they're gaining less popularity. They're becoming less popular these days, but it's something that's still pretty prevalent. It's where, you know, you might have one slide for cybersecurity that will, that will slide over. Then you'll see a slide for backup and disaster recovery that will slide over and then it will show you, you know, another slide about another service you might have. Um, the thing with like a homepage slider, it, it does not necessarily, you know, I think there's kind of two things. Number one is that area, the first 
top of your homepage is really the most important area of your website. So I think you just definitely want to be intentional with that area because number one, it's the one part of your website that everybody is going to see. Everybody who visits your website is at least going to get to that top screen of the homepage that, you know, that above the fold area. Yeah. Um, and I, the, you know, what I mentioned in the article about, you know, taking the slider away is, is this idea that you have to think about what your website visitors are thinking when they come to your website. Your website visitor is just like all of us. We're very busy. You know what I mean? We want to kind of get what we're looking for, get the answer and move on to the other, however many tasks that we have to complete that day. Um, it's a nice idea to think that your website visitor is going to come into your website and they're going to check out your cybersecurity page and they're going to read all the details and, and, you know, the next slide, Oh, I want to find out more about that backup and disaster recovery, <laughs> but it's not necessarily what's really happening. So mm -hmm. with, when I see kind of a slider, it number one says that you as the person who's creating the website, number one, you don't necessarily know what's important. You're not sure about what your website visitor needs to see. So I think that indecisiveness is just definitely not good in your marketing. And number two, you're, you're not doing what you should be doing when you're doing a slot. Uh, you're not doing what you should be doing when you're doing a slider. What you really mm -hmm. should be doing with your website is setting up a path for your visitor to set up an appointment with you or your sales team. You know, yeah. that's really it. So what I would recommend kind of in replacement of like a slider, a, a choose your own adventure style website is a single path saying, hey, small business owner in our area, we totally understand the big problems you're facing with IT. This is a quick way of how we solve them. And here is the first step to solving that problem. Yeah. Absolutely. So having having kind of a, a clear path, a clear kind of call to action that that you want that shows that you can help your end customer with what they need. Exactly. Um, I think like if you if you think about it in kind of just like general marketing terms, I think we've all heard of this like idea of like a sales letter. Mm -hmm. And there are really multiple ways you can set up a sales letter on a website. Um, you can do a horizontal sales letter, which is kind of going through multiple pages, which is maybe what like a slider would do. But what I'm kind of saying is if you want better results, you really want to do a vertical sales letter style, which takes out the choices and just puts all the key information in the exact order that you want to present it and you want your customer, uh, your potential customers to go through. So you set up the experience and then they experience it in the exact way that you've intended. And by the end of it, you've kind of showed that you're trustworthy. You've built up all the arguments for why you're the right choice. Um, you've showed that you understand their pains and problems and you've shown them. And if you want to solve it, click this button yeah. and fill out this form, find this cal. Here's our calendar, pick the time that's right for you. Talk to Todd, our you know yeah. chief strategist. Yes, it's interesting to hear you say that, Nate, because it's it's kind of looking at it from a you know let's work backwards. Let's start with that path and the and end result. Ultimately, we're trying to get a qualified sales lead right out of the out of our website. We're trying to get someone who's interested in our services, not focused on the price, um, sees the value that we're delivering, whether it be vertical specific or area expertise. Uh, and then going through that in, 
you know, kind of an unconventional sense. Many, when they think about a website, it's all about content. Let's just, you know, we want articles, we want certifications, we want to, you know, let's put all our vendor logos up. Um, but this is a different approach. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Yeah, no, it, it is. And it's kind of like the same idea about this, the top of the homepage and placing a slider there. It's the same thing that I'm talking about with the number of pages on your website, right? So if you are one of these MSPs who feels the need to have 35 pages on your website to detail every single, um, every single service offering that you have, I want you to ask yourself about your own sales process. Do you really need your prospects to read through 35 pages before they become a lead? Or is it something where you need to explain that you can solve the problem? And then when they contact you and they enter your sales process, they move from your marketing process to their sales process, is that when they see that information? You know, so it's not saying that your prospects never have to see all of these details and all of this content. Maybe they do as they go through your entire sales process. But, you know, it could be that the details of your backup and disaster recovery program are better suited for something that goes into your solutions presentation as opposed mm -hmm. to your website. Yeah. Ultimately, they're looking for the end result, right? Competence, trust, credibility. And so the, how you get there is less important than uh, being able to establish that early on, right? So bringing that up at the relevant time, like you said, is, is very important and pr potentially critical from of that relationship developing into a partnership. Um. Something we see other MSPs tripping over is describing their services as the best available or best in breed uh, without really having something tangible to back that up. So what are some of the ways that MSPs can display that strength, uh, whether it's phrased that way or in another, you know, many other ways of putting it together? Um, how can they display that strength and popularity uh, of their offerings on their website without going down that rabbit hole? Yeah, I think there's like two or three main ways. I think the you know the number one way is you know everything that you write about how great you are should really all have some level of third party verification. So there's nothing better than social proof and having instead of you saying, you know, we're the the uh, Toronto's best choice for IT, having a you know a great Toronto business, having someone who's a business leader in Toronto having their picture on your website and saying this company is the best choice for IT. So I think there is this idea of third-party verification that can be done through testimonials. It can be done through things like awards, certifications, where you've been featured, you know? Case so studies, right? Case studies. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like one half of it. But the other half of it is things that you don't necessarily have to have some experience. It's just kind of the things that you do. So I see a lot of, of, a lot of MSPs saying things like unbelievable customer support. Well, what you, what you need to be doing there is instead of telling, showing. So the idea, if, if you provide unbelievable customer support, explain the ways you do it. For example, uh, one of our clients, and I'm sure a lot of MSPs who are listening, do something similar. They have a folding card that they mail out to their, or they bring it over, however they get it there, that every employee can put on their desk. And it says what to do if you run into an issue, how to contact us, what are these different steps to do? And that's just one example of like a cool thing that you might do as your MSP that does provide unbelievable customer support that their current MSP, their current IT provider is not doing. And by you saying we provide unbelievable customer support, it doesn't prove anything. But if you show these little things that you're doing, explain them, that's going to kind of build the case that you really do have unbelievable customer support and they'll understand it 
without you even needing to say it. That's such a neat premise uh, and such a simple little thing, right? Whether it's a desktop card or maybe asset tags that go on people's monitor that have contact information so they can text someone or, you know, send an email if their computer's not firing up. That just, it builds on the smooth, um, it, it builds on those promises, right? Thinking yep. of everything, right? Factoring in that whole flow and path, what it's like to be a partner of this MSP who's, you know, claiming that they have raised the bar for the standard. So exactly. instead of having one bullet on your website that says, you know, uh, unmatched customer service, maybe you have a little section on your homepage that says five ways our customer service differentiates itself from the competition. And then you list kind of those five little ways. Um, other examples, like we have clients who, when they take on a new client, they provide, um, they provide like uh, complimentary uh, knowledge transfer. So they'll spend extra time, um, they'll spend extra time with their uh, incoming MS, with their expiring MSP, and they'll do all of that work for free um, as part of their transfer. So there are little ways that you guys, the MSPs out there are providing tons of value, are doing all these awesome things. But then it's like, when you come to your website, it's like, I don't know what to write. Well, it's like, you know, yeah. write those things. <laughs> yeah. I, I have seen actually over the past couple of weeks, not necessarily with, with MSPs, but with general websites where they do say, you know, number one with a number one app or we've got the number one kind of this that and the other and I just think yeah there isn't anything there to to back that up but I'm sure they are doing something that again they can put on their website to make sure that people know they are actually bringing value in in a in a way that they can like scream and shout about on their on their website for sure when you shift the focus sorry to interrupt there when you shift the focus to solving the customer's problems and making that a priority and then you know, referencing examples of that, as opposed to just these bold blanket statements that are focused on, you know, the bottom dollar of running an MSP business and getting more revenue in and not necessarily focused on churn or the experience, you know, that resonates a lot more. That's, that's a, a differentiator, so to speak. So careful thought is worth, you know, it's worth putting careful thought into these type of scenarios. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that comes on to our last point that we've got here around, you know, sometimes, there's too much focus on on this themselves. And Nate, you wrote in your article about this that you know there's a theme that you've noticed that MSPs structure their websites so that it focuses on on them. And and the question for you is is why is this focus the wrong approach? And is there a way that MSPs should direct their focus to those uh, that visit their website on on kind of you know something that they should basically be be focusing on? Yeah, I mean, I th I think it's the wrong approach is because, um, you know, people care about themselves, especially when you're in business, when you're running a business, there is just so much work to get done. I think MSPs know it, you know, especially if you're a growing, scaling MSP, the work never ends and you're really looking for solutions for your problems. You're not actually looking so close into, you know, like, I always see things like, you know, MSP 501 uh, named this MSP where it's like, that's great. Do you think like the that your confidential customers are paying so close attention to the MSP industry that they know what you know an MSP 501 award is or all these different awards that are out there? I mean, they're great. It does show things, but yeah. I think knowing that you can solve the big problems they face mm -hmm. um, is something they really care about. And then you know, I think to your point um, about how do you do that. I think one of the best ways to do it is whenever you take on a new client is to do a customer development interview. 
you know? So whenever you've got someone who's switched, make sure you dig in with them after you're onboarded at some point during your onboarding, make sure you take the time and say, Hey, we'd like to schedule one hour with you where we're actually going to interview you. We want to understand what were the decisions that you went through when you, um, what was the thought process when you, when you went through, when you switched, what were the big problems that you were facing? Because if they're switching, Mm -hmm. they've definitely got a big problem and understanding exactly what these things are, incorporating that into your marketing. So I think sometimes MSPs just they're, they don't necessarily know maybe because they don't ask. Um, and other times they just maybe haven't kind of thought about it in the website hasn't become a big enough focus for their business yet that they really thought about why they would need to do that. Yeah, I think success stories, testimonials, things like that, they, they're the ones that, you know, the people that are actually looking to buy your service, that's what they're looking at. They want to know that somebody's had a common problem to you and this MSP has been able to, to help them. So they'll be able to, to help me. It's, I mean, it's how, it's how we live now. We recommend things to everybody. You know, we, we're always suggesting things that we've done well. So it's exactly the same with, with the solutions and, and products that MSPs are, are, are delivering. Yeah, I think like if, if you're an MSP, you're listening to this right now and you don't have a big page on your website that lists all the great testimonials that you have from legitimate businesses in your target market, you should do that as quickly as possible, right? So we're, gonna, we're talking about on the webinar that um, is going to be released by the time this comes out and you guys will be able to check out the replay one of the things that we're talking about on that webinar is um, what are the quick things that you can do? What are the easy things that you can do that don't require a website redesign or um, a website total rebuild? Add a page that has all of your great testimonials on it and make that after the homepage on your menu structure, make that number two, make it your results page, cl- customer testimonials, clients, something really strong. Cause that's really it. Right. I think the big page is like, number one, your homepage has got to tell your biggest story, right? Number two, you have to have a great page that has um, your customer testimonials and all that social proof we're talking about. And number three, you have to have a great way of converting those customers. So your contact page is kind of a third page. Um, and that's how that all fits into this, you know, this idea of kind of everything we talked about today, yeah. of making your website something that's going to generate leads. Definitely. Wow. Um, I'm trying to take some notes here. I'm trying to, <laughs> guys, fantastic uh, content today. So Nate, um, in closing, if an MSP wants to find help from you and your team, where, where do they go? Where do they go to contact to get a hold of Tech Pro Marketing? Cool. So yeah, check out our website, um, techpromarketing.com. You will see that we do a similar style website that we recommend to our MSPs where we really focus on making this a lead generating tool. So when you get to our website, it will be very clear what your next steps are, but that really is a strategy call with our team. Um, for anyone who's listening, you can go ahead onto the website, click the strategy call button. We'll ask a little form that will um, ask a few questions so we can understand your business, get prepared for our call. You'll schedule a 15-minute call um, 
with our VP of strategy, Sean, and he is awesome at working with MSPs and helping them figure out the next move. Um, not everyone who reaches out to us is going to be a good fit for our services, um, but what we can do for everyone who reaches out to us is help you figure out what that next step is. If it's working with us, you'll get, you'll figure it out. We'll tell you what those, how we can help. Um, but if it's not, we will also get you pointed in the right direction so that you can know that next move to get your MSP's website, your digital marketing, your lead gen up to that next level. Thanks again, Nate. That's fantastic information. And uh, thanks to our listeners for joining in for this episode. Um, if you haven't already, check out some of Nate's articles on Smarter MSP. They're fantastic. You can, you can read for uh, hours on there and, and they're all focused on MSP. It's really targeted and specific to managed service providers, which, which again, makes it resonate. And I, I think there's some great stories and, and we, you, you know, almost immediate wins just by reading that content, absorbing it and soaking it into your business practices. So in our next episode, we'll discuss the latest developments around remote monitoring and management tools and the wave of zero trust to cybersecurity and what that means and the shape shifting around MSPs that are soon to come. So thank you all for joining listeners, Nate, Sophie. Thank um, you. Looking forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Sophie. For daily insights delivered directly to your inbox, subscribe to smartermsp.com.